privilege to be here. I love your church. I love worship. That's where God has me right now is learning more and more about what worship does. Guys, I grew up in a, a wonderful church, but it had one of those, um, it was Presbyterian, had one of those organs that sounds like a dirge, you know. <laughs> this is this is just so wonderful. And one of the things that God is teaching me is that worship, don't laugh at me, because I always, y'all, I can't help it. I taught second and third grade. But worship is the warship that if you ride that warship into battle, it ensures our victory. Yeah, so worship is the warship, and y'all already got it. Todd and Tina and Melanie does an amazing job of, Melanie does a great job of leading worship as a warship, and Todd and Tina do a wonderful job of loving on y'all and showing you the way that God intended church to be. Thank you for having me here. Guys, I thought that getting my miracle was like, you know, I got my fairy tale. So I thought it was like the coolest thing that had ever happened, and it was. But what I didn't know was <laughs> that it was time to buckle my seatbelt for the wildest ride of my life. I thought things were, it couldn't get any better, but that is just not true. Because now, I, I was Presbyterian. I didn't have a clue about how people would pray for each other. I thought you had to be a minister with a doctorate and all that stuff. I had, I mean, I prayed for my children. We said prayers at night, but I didn't have a grid. And the, the day after I was healed, I came back in the church, and instead of struggling down the aisle, I made my way down the aisle. I sat down, and they asked me to give my testimony. And the very first thing that happened after I sat back in my seat, they called a break. Four women lined up in front of me. I was like, hi, <laughs> Susan Starr, how can I help you? <laughs> and they were like, we want you to pray for us. And I, I was making, I talk with my hands. It helps you a lot that I'm holding this thing because <laughs> otherwise you get all that. Um, I was like, no, guys, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I I don't have anything. I just gave my testimony. I was the one who was so sick. Well, Randy Clark and Rodney Hogue saw me making these hand gestures. They knew exactly what was up. They came running over and said, Susan, it is scriptural in Matthew 10, 8, that 
that whatever you've been freely given, you can freely give away. Oh, okay. So <laughs> the lady, the first lady came forward. I said, because this was one of the lines I'd learned, um, not having a grid, but I had learned it, was I plead the, blo I plead the blood of Jesus. I figured that kind of, you know, made it sound like I knew what I was doing. I plead the blood of Jesus. Boom. She fell over. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought I kicked her. Seriously. I still, to this day, remember that thought of, oh my gosh, I must have kicked her. So the next lady came up to me, and I was trying to be very careful with her. But I still said the line, I plead the blood of Jesus right on top of the first one. Okay, happened twice. And I really didn't think I kicked her. So the next two came up. And, of course, you know what happened. Boom, boom. Oh, my gosh. I was freaked out of my tree. I, gra I grabbed my, my pocketbook and I booked it for the bathroom. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'll never be able to touch anyone ever again. What has happened to these hands? I go into the bathroom and all you women know what was the first thing I encountered? A line. I'm standing in line and I've got my head down and the lady in front of me turns around and goes, oh, you're the lady who gave your testimony. Will you pray for me? And I am thinking, in the bathroom? So I wait till the people in front of her have gone because, you know, this happened four times. So I said, okay, what is it you would like prayer for? And she said, well, I have had a migraine headache for four years. And I'm thinking, well, her head hurts anyway. So I plead the blood of Jesus over your head and boom, down she goes. So I pick her up and I kind of prop her in the corner. <laughs> the stall, a stall opens up. I run in, slam the, the lid down, sit on it, and burst into tears because I am so freaked out. I decide that I am going to wait until I hear a speaker speaking, and I'm going to put this little jacket I brought and I'm going to put it over me, and I'm going to walk down the side aisle. And so that's what I did. I waited. I walked down the side aisle, took a seat, and, was, and looked at my friends and said, I am not praying for anybody else. <laughs> and they were like, they, when they came back to the seat, they saw the four women flopping you know, on the ground. And they were flopping. Do you know what that's like? That is really freaky. So... They knew exactly what had happened, and they were like, we'll talk at lunch. I was like, yeah, we're going to talk at lunch, but I'm not praying for anybody. And so at the, at the next break, which was lunch, the lady from the bathroom, I have no idea who she is. I wish I did because she changed my life. She came up to me. She came back and found me and said, 
at the break, you know that headache I had for four years? It's gone. You mean I can do something by partnering with God, by saying a really weak prayer, and Jesus can use that weak prayer and heal? Well, if Jesus can heal with that kind of weak prayer, I'm all about it. I decided that all I wanted to do, because guys, when you spend six years really sick, and it wasn't the first time I'd been sick. I'd had cancer three times. I'd had a lot of surgeries. I wanted to pray for people and have them feel that same exhilaration that I feel by knowing that the God who loves me wants me healed. People ask all the time, do you really think it's God's will to heal me? Each and every time I tell them, oh yeah, Jesus, Jesus can only give what he has. And there is no sickness in heaven. Therefore, sickness does not come from the Lord. He can use all yucky stuff to bring about our good, but that is not his that is not his plan. No, that's the enemy's plan. John 10:10 says, "The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy." And anyone who's ever been really sick knows that that is what it's stealing, killing, and destroying your good health and your good plan for your day. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring life, abundant life. So all I want to do is pray for people. And the fun thing is, no matter how ridiculous my prayers are. And guys, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea how to pray for this. But I know that the God who loves me, he loves you. And he wants me healed. He wants you healed. And then I pray whatever prayer it is. If you saw me in the first few months after I was healed and asked me for prayer, you might have heard the Lord's Prayer. You might have heard, now I'll lay me down to sleep. Anything I could think of, I was coming out of my mouth because if it gives God praise, I was going to do it until you went. <laughs> At least when they fall over, then there's nothing else you need to do because Jesus is totally working on them. You know, and it's all about Jesus and them, and I'm good with that. Now, thank goodness, I think the Lord's heard my prayers. Um, <laughs> and um, I get to hold people's hands, and I can feel this is a cool thing. When I pray, my hand gets hot, really hot. And you'll see later, I like sweat to pieces. But I can feel God's energy 
for healing run through my arm. And it runs through and it runs right into the person I'm holding the hand of. Now, that, that's the way I like to pray best. God showed me that I can pray over the phone. You, he can use Skype. He can use anything. He's very creative. I'm not. I'm thinking, but I need to hold him. You know? <laughs> but that's not the way God is. I, want, I went up to Canada in May. And I've got a video that I want to show you because the, I was talking about my mother because a month after I was healed, my mom was born without a nerve in her ear. So when after um, I was healed, I thought, well, God's bigger than he can recreate a nerve. I mean, you know, you get to open your mind beyond the box. So I prayed for my mom, and she got her hearing. Yeah, it's really fun. Well, I'm telling this story in Canada, and all of a sudden this young mom jumps up, screams, and runs out of the service. And I'm thinking, okay, (laughs) don't know what I said. Then she comes running back in with her baby right in the middle of us of when I'm talking and people are doing things. And she came up and she said, you know your mom who was born without a nerve? That's my daughter. And I, was, I got to say, God, God, you are so good. The way you healed my mom, I know you want to heal this baby girl. She was precious. One thing about when you've been really, really, really sick and... On my desktop is my funeral arrangements. I keep it there because there is nothing like having your funeral arrangements on your desktop for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's all him. It is not me because if someone had not invited me to go to that conference and had not driven me there, I wouldn't be here today. And I want you to think about that and think about who you know who's really sick. Get them here. Because today we're going to pray impartation and you guys are going to be in the hot uh, hot seat (laughs) of praying for people. And if you want impartation after the service, We're going to pray for healing, but first, I want to pray impartation for everyone who wants to pray for others, and I hope all of y'all do, because I wouldn't be here, and think of those precious people that you know that you want to make sure are going to be around. Well, in talking about if you're going to be praying for healing, I started thinking about what I would want to tell you is the most important thing. If you're going to be praying for healing for other people. And I thought about Leah. Number one, I always tell my kids, we used to have house rules. I always told them that it couldn't be more than five, so I made four. 
thinking that somewhere along the way of raising five, four kids, I would add a fifth one. Actually, I didn't, but <laughs> so I've got four, four principles of healing that I want to talk to y'all about. And I named them after Leah because Leah is the most astonishing, astounding healing I've ever witnessed. He, Leah was a lady in Brazil, and her Catholic priest had already prayed and administered last rites. And I went with Dr. Z, a friend of Todd's, and two other people, and the four of us went to her house. Guys, she had already been administered last rites. This woman was going to die at any point. She had cancer. Her body was riddled with cancer. There were tumors everywhere. And she had no, um, what do you call this part? The flesh, you know, the part that makes you soft. She was just like skin stretched over bone and tumors. It was so sad. And she was in a lot of pain. So when we went in, I said, I know I can pray and that pain will go away because Jesus will get rid of that pain. And I prayed that the Lord, who did not put that cancer in her, that he would heal her body from the top of her head to the tips of her toes and that he would cause all of those cancer cells to wither and dry up. And I remember praying that, have you ever seen ivy grow up a brick house? Well, if you clip it at the bottom, no matter how far that ivy has climbed, once you clip it at the bottom, it doesn't have nourishment. And I told Jesus I needed his, his heavenly scissors to clip all the cancer so that they would wither and dry up and so that her pain would decrease. Well, her pain decreased. She had joy in her heart. So she said she wanted to impart that joy to all of her family members. She still, felt, she still had all the tumors. The tumors had not disappeared. Well, her family members, there were 17 of them crammed in this little house. They went by, she blessed everyone, and then we left. Got back to the service in the church, and people came running up to me and said, have you heard about Leah? I was like, dang, she's died already? Yo, woman of faith, yes, right here. And they said, no. Her family just called. All her tumors fell off. They blasted away. She's sitting up. Oh, she had not eaten or drank for over a week. She's sitting up eating and drinking. And she's coming, coming to the church tomorrow to give testimony. Whoa. Think about that Catholic priest. <laughs> yeah. He's got some new healthy respect for Jesus. So the very first letter is L for Leah. And the L is because 
I didn't know if Jesus would heal her. But the one thing I knew is that I could show her the love that Jesus has for her. And that's what you can do. Make sure that any person and every person that you pray for feels loved. We can't determine whether they get healed. That's not within us because all healing is from Jesus. But we can make sure that they feel loved. So be sure and love on them. And that's what the L stands for. Leah. The second letter is E. Encourage. It stands for encourage. Encourage the sick with the truth of Jesus. Jesus healed during his ministry. Talk to him about the fact, read him the scripture, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's really important to encourage the sick because when you encourage them, they get hope. And when they have hope in their heart, hope gives rise to faith. And faith opens up the person to receive their healing. Isn't that cool? And that's something that all of us can do. Next letter is A. We're spelling out Leah. There we go. Does it look right? Okay. Tell me if I misspell. Okay, so A. Ask questions to gather, gather up all the details for prayer. Now, I know that Jesus knows what's going on, but I have seen, well, here's the deal. The day after I was prayed for, everything that Rodney called out got healed. I went in the next day and grabbed him and said, okay, Rodney, I've still got that, this wart on the bottom of my foot, and I still have this kind of cough in my lungs. And I was wondering if you would pray for me for those, those things. And he looked at me and he said, so what you're telling me is you're just like all the rest of us. Ha! Huh. I'm sure if he had prayed for, if he had called out my wart, when God was healing me from the head to the toes, that wart would be gone. But I was so excited to hear that I was just, all I wanted to do was be normal not dying. And he gave me a really good point. But when you're praying, just ask for it all. Just because think about how you are with your baby daughter. If she asks for something, are you going to pick and choose? No. And Jesus loves us just that much. So yes, far more, far more than we ever dreamed but ask the person. Part of showing love is asking them, what is it you want prayer for? And then it's up to you to try to remember all the things, which I do a terrible job of, but um, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and try to do the best I can. But um, remember the details and pray and ask the Lord because he wants to heal them. And then stop after you've prayed 
and ask them how they're feeling. I've learned that if they're 75 to 85% better, Jesus is not the God, a God of halfway. And if you get them that, if you pray and Jesus brings them that far, then you can just leave them in Jesus' arms because he's going to take them all the rest of the way. Yeah. The most important, well, they're all important. H. H stands for honor. Keep your eyes on him. He is our model. Think about what would Jesus do. Jesus never raised his voice to the sick. He never screamed at them. Demons are not deaf. You know, and if you see someone who's struggling with demons, you don't need to yell at them because all you need to do is ignore the demons and talk to the person. If they have Jesus in their heart, they can take authority because Christians can take authority over critters and demons. I had this talk at a church, and guys, um, a teenager ran out and ran to the bathroom. She came back in, and I'm up front talking, and she goes, Susan, I got to tell everyone, I just delivered myself on the toilet. <laughs> doesn't matter where it is. She just took it. She knew that she was having an issue with some critters, and she just took authority in the bathroom, on the toilet, and came back in. She was real proud of herself, and <laughs> hey, wherever. <laughs> Since, guys, the, the healing that Jesus did where I got to pray that changed my life, actually happened where? In the bathroom line. In the t- so I, whatever. Okay, so. Jesus never turned away anyone who asked for healing. Sickness was never too big. So if someone comes up to you or you see someone and you think, oh my gosh, I can't do this. That, that looks really complicated there. Uh-uh head right on in because where you are weak you will find Jesus to be the strongest the the huge thing that the L helps with is the key to Jesus every time in the Bible he let compassion rise up within his heart. And when the compassion rose up then and filled his heart, he treated the sick with dignity and with love. And that's why we want to leave the healing for him. Yeah. Guys, I pray for healing a lot, but I don't, God, I don't, I wish I saw 100% healing, but I don't. One of the hardest is, 
I have a son back at home. He's 23 years old. He's like 6'7". He played basketball for his college app. And he had a concussion in basketball practice. Then he was studying for an exam um, four days later. He had another concussion. Well, apparently your noggin can handle one, but when you have two concussions back to back, it does not go well. He has a traumatic brain injury. This happened two years ago. And I pray for him each and every day, multiple times a day. And he still has headaches. I don't know what the block is, but because I can't figure out what, in, um, sometimes people talk about open doors and all kinds of things, which are really just ways of saying blockages. I don't know why my son Taylor hasn't been healed. He gets prayer, lots of prayer. And a lot of people around the world are praying for Taylor. But Taylor still kind of has been sidelined. Um, really good people I pray for. And some, a lot of people get healed, but then there are others who don't. And that is a mystery that I put up in the mystery cloud. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus about it. But he's a big God. And if I understood everything, I wouldn't have a big God, would I? No. So he's a big God, and I'm okay that there are some things that just belong up in the mystery cloud. Blockages. Sometimes... There are blockages, and I've been known to come in with a, again, second, third grade teacher, come in with a Coke bottle, and I'll rip up T-shirts and write on it, um, alcoholism, and then stuff it into the Coke bottle, pour the water through, and the water, the water gets clogged up in the, in the T-shirt. Well, there are things that can cause clogs, one of, two of the biggest clogs are the two that you mentioned, anger and unforgiveness. Seems like just about really alcoholism probably is a result of anger or unforgiveness. And walking through simple, really honestly, simple prayers and asking the Lord to break off the anger or the unforgiveness that you're holding will often let his flow because the Lord want he loves you and he does not want you to be in pain and he does not want you to be sick. I had cancer three times. Two of those three times, lots of churches prayed for me and the cancer didn't go away. Now, I wasn't spirit-filled then, and I, it was before I was healed in 2010. But God healed me using medical technology. I'm, I feel very blessed by it. I've since seen people who pray. I, I pray for people with tumors, and I see them blast. It's the wildest thing ever. And I love the fact that Jesus can do that. But then he can also use medical technology and heal. And sometimes neither of those two things are available. 
and he heals when you, if your heart is right you will be healed in september of 2006 i died and went to heaven for real and sometime todd might ask me back and i'll tell y'all all about it but one of the i mean his way cool if i knew i could get back in heaven by going through that door you better not get in my way i will mow you down but I knew in heaven, I did not see anyone who was old. My grandparents were in their prime. I almost didn't recognize them except for I recognized their clothing and their mannerisms. But I also didn't see, I didn't have any scars. Over 30 surgeries, a lot in my abdomen, no scars in heaven. Woo! So, um, but there was no one sick. So if your heart is right with the Lord, you're going to heaven and you will not have that infirmity anymore. Because where did the infirmities come from? Yeah, the enemy, totally the enemy. Thank you so much for allowing me to be here this morning. If you would like to pray for other people, I'd like for you to stand up now. And I'm going to pray impartation over. We're just going to do it corporately. Yeah. But Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I can feel it. Father, I ask that the gifts that you have given me, you would freely give. I freely give them to the precious congregation gathered today. Father, I ask that you would pour out your healing gifts of healing prayer and that you would give each person here holy fire, holy fire, Father, to burn away the mess of the enemy, the mess that he brings upon us. Guys, I want you to say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Yeah, okay. Okay, I want you to go pray. I want you to pray for people. All right, that's what Jesus bought and paid for. We pray for people because that is what Jesus bought and paid for. Healing is in the atonement.